I am excited about Spook Report and our. Uh, <laughs> Can you say it? It's not as easy as you think. Spook Retorts. <laughs> no, we'll we'll find out, Danielle. I'm also debating how much to do my uh, Dracula accent this time. Oh, you should really commit to it. You could also do the doctor and give us a good German accent. That's true. I'm yeah, re- I'm Dr. Frankenstein, yeah. I'm renowned for my German accent. <laughs> Would you like to have a schnitzel while we work on my monster? <laughs> you could just do all the accents, Sam. <laughs> he has the bolts in his neck, and I like to put them with the shock electricity. Zappy, zappy. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Spookly Torts. I am your host, Count Samula. And I am Daniela Stein. This is the podcast where one person will share a spooky piece of media with someone else who doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and that's all that accent I'm going to be doing. So you've made it this far. Congratulations. <laughs> that's a great accent, Sam. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> <sighs> oh, so yes, today we're continuing our spook retort, our Halloween month of horror movies. So today we'll be discussing the 1993 film, My Boyfriend's Back. Boyfriend's Back. That sounds like he left and then came back. Does he die? Danielle, so this <laughs> I want to ask you, as someone who has no idea what the heck I'm talking about. Based on that title, what would you think this movie is? Not even knowing that it's for Spook Retorts. Just if you saw that poster or something on the subway, what would you think this movie is? I'd assume that the boyfriend dies and comes back as either like a zombie or a vampire, just some kind of undead creature. All right. And if it wasn't a horror movie, what would you think then? Friends back. It could be a thriller where he has murderous intentions, and it's in a woods in the cabin. <laughs> I'm going to say your first, your first guess was closer. Although, as I'll get into later, uh, he's not the boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it called My Boyfriend's Back? So, it was called My Boyfriend's Back purely to capitalize on the name recognition of the 1960s angel song, right. My Boyfriend's Back. Right. Which, in 1993, apparently was big enough that they changed the title of the movie from, like, uh, I think it was Johnny Zombie or something like that. So, it is zombies. It is zombies, and they changed the name of the movie at a last minute to the title, My Boyfriend's Back, to connect it to a 30-year-old song as a bit of marketing ploy, although it has nothing to do with that song. That song is not licensed for the film, and they are completely unrelated. That's such a lost opportunity to not license that song for the film. I doubt they have the budget for that. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. It is a great song, though. It's very catchy. It is a good song. But it is not about zombies. It's about a boyfriend coming back into town. But is and it about zombies? The crap Sam? Out of some guy. Is it? Is it about zombies? No. I mean, it could be. I guess you could argue that she never said he wasn't coming back from the dead. <laughs> like that's a whole different take on that song. I may have to listen to it again and just keep in mind that it could be about a zombie boyfriend. It's a great song. I mean, my boyfriend's back, and you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. He's going to eat your flesh and then turn you into rubble. I don't know. I tried. I think we should push that as a Halloween song. Sounds like it has potential. You know what? We're bringing it back. Angels, your song's coming back. Woo. 
I don't think it ever went anywhere. It's on every oldie station. All right, Danielle, just you know, completely undercut our <laughs> new plan. Okay. I try. So let me share with you the summary. Absolutely. And by summary, I mean eight words that <laughs> describe this movie because I looked very hard. Well, okay. I looked for a minute and on our usual sources, even on product pages where you can buy the movie, there is barely a sentence that describes this movie. They don't put any effort into writing descriptions for this movie they and it's great. made your own. Danielle. That's work. (laughs) Yeah. If you only looked for a minute, you're not going to write your own. (laughs) You got it. But on the other hand, they do a pretty good job of summarizing the movie anyway. So here you go. It says, a teenager comes back from the dead so he doesn't miss his hot date. (laughs) Danielle, that is the movie. That is the entire movie. (laughs) That's good. This is the kind of movie I would watch. Let's do this. Yeah. So I... I don't think I need to write my own. Even that one sentence does a good job. It should be noted that it says hot date exclamation point. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You gotta have the exclamation point. So this movie is described as a black comedy, not a horror movie, but it does have zombies. So I'm going to count it as a spook retorts movie anyway. And don't at me. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to at us. It's okay. <laughs> They'll forgive us. We did just say horror and Halloween themed. So that's true. All right, so this movie opens with a comic book. So it has like a comic book title and it has a drawing. Why? I don't know. But it uses this comic book motif throughout the movie. Is it based it's on not, a comic book? Not that I could determine. Again, I did not look very hard at <laughs> you. Okay. Glad you prepared for this. I prepared as much as I really needed to, I feel. <laughs> Apparently not, since you can't answer basic questions. Listeners, you can tell me if this is based on a comic book or not. You know, tweet Danielle about it. Please do. Love to hear from you. So anyway, it starts with a comic book and narration. And the narration will also be a recurring motif through the film because we're idiots and we need more narration to tell us what's going on. We can't just see what's happening. Who's the narrator? The main character, Johnny Dingle. Dingle? Dingle. Okay. Yeah, comedy movie, Danielle. It's got to be funny. (laughs) It's pretty funny. (laughs) So this main character, he's talking about how all his life he was in love with Missy McCloud. (laughs) Johnny Dingle and Missy McCloud. Yeah, exactly. Man, this movie's firing all cylinders. (laughs) It then cuts from the comic book to a little boy. And the character is talking about how he saved up his money all year to give this girl her first grade birthday present at her party. And I'm like, wait a minute. He's already in love with this girl in first grade. Then the narrator says, this was it. My golden moment. The most exotic creature alive would fall totally in love with me forever. And she's six at this point. (laughs) So already... I'm a little skeezed out by this six-year-old calling another six-year-old the most exotic creature alive. Is it with a six-year-old voice or is it like with the retrospect? No, it's the retrospect. See, then that's more like the older person is thinking that that... Oh, yeah, the older person's thinking the six-year-old's exotic. Got it, Daniel. <laughs> but that's I just, better. No, I just meant that like in terms of having that entire rest of their life perspective, it's less creepy that way. It's clearly supposed to be the thoughts of the little boy. Okay. Like he's narrating his own internal monologue at that point. Well, six-year-olds are getting older every day. (laughs) It gets worse. Anyway, he has his birthday present. It's wrapped up. He thinks it's going to be perfect. She's going to fall in love with him. And he doesn't give it to her. He chickens out. Oh, no. Yeah. Then the narrator says, over the next 12 years, I lusted after Missy. She filled out in all the right places, the ones I had been reading about in National Geographic. (laughs) 
And boy, this does not make him any less creepy. Like, so far, the most horror part of this movie is the main character being a total creepazoid. I mean, he's a little creepy. But that is probably the thought of a 15-year-old. Well, at this point, he's like 17, 18, because he's a senior in high school. Right. I just meant over the course of all those years. Okay, fair enough. So that's the setup. Dude is pining for this girl all his life. She's super pretty, super popular. She's dating the jock. He is kind of a loser. Your basic high school romance kind of movie, comedy movie, right? Well, he didn't stand a big chance with the last name of Dingle. Well, you know, his parents are very supportive, so that helps. (laughs) That's good. We like supportive parents. So that's the setup, and it opens with him talking about it's a senior year of high school. It's the day after Missy broke up with her jock boyfriend, and the narration concludes with, this day was the beginning of the end of my life. So, hey, (laughs) we're all set up for zombies, I suppose. Did her boyfriend have the name of, like, Chad or... Thad or... Keep guessing, Danielle. Chad. Because you're so close. Thad. Uh, Mark. Mm. Paul. Ring- nope. Ringo. <laughs> Ringo. You're just guessing Beatles now. <laughs> no, his name is Buck. Buck. Oh, man. I should have guessed yeah. it. You were so I close so to close. generic jock name. <laughs> his name is Buck, and his little toady, who I'll get to later, is Chuck. Uh, Buck and Chuck. Yeah, I know. It's cute. They rhyme. <laughs> In my head, just so you know, you know, in Hocus Pocus, the guy like steals the shoes from the main character. Uh huh. This is what they look like in my head. <laughs> they look like shoes? No, they look like those two characters. Oh, okay. <laughs> Keep up, Sam. <laughs> just like a jockier version of them. Okay, I like when they look at those shoes. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> All right, Chuck and Buck. Chuck and Buck. They're not relevant right now. <laughs> Johnny gets up. His parents are very supportive. They try to give him breakfast. He skips breakfast and he heads on his bike and he's riding to school. And then his parents, let's say, I just have this door. Don't go through Mrs. Whatever's yard. We don't want the neighbors to think ill of us. And he's riding his bike through and he like makes a deliberate (laughs) detour to drive through her flower bed. What a punk. I know. It's not like in between getting from one place to another. Like he, He gets off the sidewalk through her flower bed. She's at the window putting a pie out on the windowsill. And he's like, hello. I hope you don't think ill of me. And she just looks very sad as he wrecks her yard by driving through her flower That's bed. And I so really don't sad. like him. I thought it's supposed to be the main character. I know. He's coming off as an arrogant jerk, he- which may be his character arc in this movie. Not sure. Okay. <laughs> like, does he have an arc? That was my next question. We shall see. So he gets to school. And introduces his friend Eddie as a dick, but I like him, which is a pretty good friend description, gotta admit. <laughs> also, for the record, he kind of looks 30 and not like a teenager. Oh, no. <laughs> which is always fun. When was this movie made again? 93. 93, okay. I gotta say, he looks almost vampiric because he oscillates between looking kind of like a teenager and having teenager mannerisms, but he also kind of looks 30 in some shots. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. But he definitely doesn't look like he's 16. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But to me, is like, he doesn't seem 16 or 18 or 17, whatever. Anyway, so he's in his seat. He introduces Eddie in his head as narration. Then he turns around and says to Missy, who is seated behind him, Hey, Missy, I just want to say you look really nice today in a physically perfect and newly available kind of way. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And she clearly is not liking that, which, yeah, that's a terrible line, but he seems very pleased with himself for having said that to her. No. <laughs> yeah, no. He is like, yes, nailed it. And she's like, ugh. So, Good for her. Yeah, right? Uh, she is, so far, the best character in the movie because she hasn't said anything. 
give her time. And then the class starts and it breaks into this weird hypersexual fantasy. Like it's clearly him daydreaming. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to tell you what this dream is because it is nuts. This movie wastes no time bringing out the insanity. So Missy starts like getting up from her desk and like climbing on him and reassuring him that his sexual experience is not a concern. Like, I know you're a virgin. That's okay. That's his dream. (laughs) That's so far. And then it cuts to a pep rally where the whole school, all the students are cheering him on and their cheerleaders dancing. And there's this announcer going like, here we see Johnny Dingo about to engage in his first sexual experience, his greatest sexual challenge yet. And everyone's cheering him on. There's a bed and there's Missy and there's him there and his boxer shorts. And he's about to begin the act after the whistle blows. But a ref throws a yellow flag and disqualifies him for having a non-regulation, e.g. small penis. (laughs) And then as that's happening, the teacher pops up and replaces Missy. Like Missy turns into the teacher and is like, this is the most pathetic sexual fantasy ever. I think it is, though, because it's literally a daydream, so you can control it, and yet he still gets yellow flagged by a ref. For having a small dingle, yes. (laughs) It's not even like an actual dream that you have no control over. It is kind of an actual dream. It is more of an actual dream, but it's not clear at this point whether it's a daydream or an actual dream. And then Missy's father, who is the sheriff, pops up and shoots him with a shotgun, and that's when he wakes up in the classroom while the bell rings. That's wild. Yeah, so... Alrighty, this movie is like, here you go. Here's a big old steaming plate of crazy. <laughs> Enjoy. Oh, that was rough. What a rough dream. Yeah. Poor guy, but not really because he's sort of a jerk. Yeah. So he has clearly a lot of insecurities, but is also kind of a jerk. So my sympathy is kind of limited. So they go into the hallway. He goes over to Missy's locker and he's about to ask her out to prom, which is the big event coming up because of course it is. Mm-hmm. His hot date. Yeah, his hot date. You got it. <laughs> When her jock ex makes a big entrance, like the band is playing, he's, you know, marching through with his toady saying, get out of the way, make way. And he walks up to her and he apologizes to her saying, like, oh, my car broke down. I didn't break our date. I couldn't get to you in time. And when you got there, you were already gone. I'm so sorry. And she's like, oh, okay, I guess we'll get back together. So they broke up because he missed a date. Yeah, he like stood her up. So that that was the only reason? There had to have been a series of other reasons prior to no, that. No, I mean, that's the only reason given in this movie. I don't know if they had relationship issues before that, but all it said is she broke up with Buck, and he comes back and gives that explanation about how his car broke down. That's why he was not there and why she was stood up. That's got to be like the 12th time, because that's a weird reason to break up with somebody. Teenagers are dramatic. Now. <laughs> they we are, established but that. <laughs> also, just talk to your partner. If that's really the only reason, and if his car really only broke down... <laughs> Well, remember, Danielle, no cell phone. She had to wait until this moment in school to come talk to her, apparently, and do so with a lot of fanfare. Sure, but how she did he know they broke up if she didn't talk him? to him? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say <laughs> the exact thing. So the logic does not track, but it does interrupt Johnny's attempt to ask her to prom, which is the real purpose of the scene. Which 10 points to him for having that dream and then being like, I'm going to ask her out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He was he was bumbling and he was stumbling and he was you know getting around to it. But before he could seal the deal, that's when Buck shows up. Buck and Chuck. So as they walk off, Missy and Buck, Chuck sort of confronts Johnny and is like, hey, what's going on, Dingle? Stand off. And guess who plays Chuck? Uh, is it a 90 staple? No. Um... It is... A young Philip Seymour Hoffman. No way. <laughs> it is so young, he is billed in the movie as Philip Hoffman. No! 
Yes. Oh, I love him. He is so good. When I saw him, I'm like, is that is that Philip Seymour Hoffman? I had to like Google this and look him up. This is the one thing I did look up is, is that Philip Seymour Hoffman in this movie? And it is. In fact, this cast is crazy. Who else is in it? Oh, uh, we'll get to that. Okay. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. I might not have to watch it because like, I kind of want to kind of want to see it. It's not a bad Phillips hour and 27 minutes. I mean, I <laughs> had some fun with it. So that's the end of the scene. Johnny blew his shot, but he still has a plan. And so he pulls his friend Eddie into this convoluted plan to stage a robbery at the convenience store where she works so he can save the day. <gasps> Why is that the idea? This is the classic, like, if I have my friend pretend to mug us and I fight him off, she'll fall madly in love with me kind of thing. But he's like, okay, Eddie, here's a ski mask and a fake gun. I want you to come in there and threaten to shoot her and I'll fight you off and save the day and she'll fall madly in love with me even though she has a boyfriend. This is going to end terribly. This is how he dies, isn't it? Danielle, please, don't get ahead of this movie. (laughs) Okay, but that's how he dies. And also, that's just a stupid plan. To his credit, Eddie is against this plan. He's like, this is stupid. She has a boyfriend. What are you doing? This is never going to work. Good for him. Which makes him, again, more likable than Johnny. (laughs) He's the voice of reason. Well, he's the voice of reason for now. (laughs) But he goes along with it anyway. So Johnny goes to the store and is like buying things and waiting for Eddie to enter when a real robber goes up to the store, pulls out of a car, and robs Eddie of his ski mask. (laughs) Sorry funny. Yeah. So you go to Eddie, he points a gun at him, says, give me your ski mask. He puts his mask on and he goes in the store and is like, give me all the money. And Johnny's like, yes, Eddie's here. So, so the thief's plan prior to that did not involve a ski mask. No, like, he, he came, he's came just up with no mask, in. just a gun. And I was like, hey, rob the store. But hey, there's a guy with the ski mask. I'm going to take his ski mask and rob the robber who was also here. So it was like some weird turf robber war that Eddie was not aware of. It is nonsense. This is thus far my favorite part other than Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> well, it's hard to beat Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> you know, rest his soul. Oh, I'm sad now. I know. All right. So Robin. Anyway, he goes in the store and Johnny's like, hey, punk, back off. And the robber's like, what are you doing? Do you have a gun? Because I have a gun. <laughs> Valid question when you're a real robber. Yeah. And Eddie, like, appears in the window of the door, like, waving his arms, going, no. (laughs) And that's when Johnny sees it. And the robber's, like, shoving up against the counter. At that point, Missy starts reaching for a baseball bat in the back of the store. Very slowly, very obviously, the robber, duh, sees her. And so he posts up, points the gun at her. And that's when he shoots. And Johnny dives in front of the bullet, Secret Service style. (laughs) Oh, that was nice of him, I guess. Yeah. And so he is shot, launched to the ground. In comes Eddie, smashes a ketchup bottle or tomato sauce bottle over the guy's head, knocks him out cold. But poor Johnny, he's dying. Oh, so sad. We didn't see that coming. <laughs> In his last <laughs> breath, he asks Missy if she'll go to the prom with him. And she's like, uh, sure. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. <laughs> and then he dies. And end of the movie. And she's like, oh, thank God. I don't have a problem with him. <laughs> Actually, that comes up later. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, so no, I'm kidding. The movie does not end here, obviously. Oh, really? I totally thought that was the end of the movie. I know. So they cut to the funeral for Johnny. And it's very over the top because, again, a comedy. And they're burying him. And everyone's crying. His parents are there. And as they're lowering the casket into the ground, his dad says, goodbye, son. Be nice to God. <laughs> And his mom then throws a mustard and bologna sandwich she made for him into the grave to give to him. Oh, that's I sad. Know. And then while they're there, Missy throws in a little red rose to Johnny. 
to say goodbye. And that's the funeral, because we had to make sure that he is definitely dead. He's very, very dead. He's absolutely dead. <laughs> not Surprise! dead enough, apparently. He's not dead enough. Yeah, you got it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> then it comes to that night at Johnny's grave, and we see his hand lunge out of the ground, you know, zombie style. Did he get, like, shot with zombie bullets? Like, how did he become a zombie? Danielle, I promise we'll get to that at the very end of the movie, <laughs> okay. and it is complete nonsense. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. So he crawls out of the grave and he walks up to the grave digger who is there at night for some reason, or I don't know if he's the grave digger or the yard keeper or whatever, but he's the one in charge of the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And he seems very nonplussed to see Johnny back from the dead. <laughs> it's the first time he's ever seen a ghost zombie. Actually, Danielle. It's not. <laughs> it is not. Apparently, he has seen this before. The grave digger explains that 15 years ago, someone else came back from the dead. So why was he so nonplussed to see another one? (laughs) Apparently, he's just used to zombies and he knows all the rules. This is where the grave digger lays out the zombie rules for Johnny, or at least he tries to. How would you know the zombie rules if it's every 15 years a zombie comes? Danielle, there's going to be a theme throughout this movie that everybody is totally cool with zombie Johnny. (laughs) Okay, sure. So it has kind of a Edward Scissorhands, Beetlejuice, like, unreal feel to it, where everyone just sort of goes along with the crazy stuff that would not work in our universe. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm going to tell you that right now. Everyone is mostly okay, or at least not shocked or terrified of Johnny being a zombie. Okay, I'll try to disregard my instincts, too. No, your instincts are right. That's crazy. <laughs> but that's just the choice this movie has decided to make, that zombies are a... I guess, a known quantity in this universe. (laughs) A rare but known quantity. Yeah, exactly. All right, so the gravedigger is explaining zombie rules. Yeah, he says, you are one of the undead, doomed to spend the rest of your days shunned from society, and you can't leave the cemetery. And Johnny's like... I'm not dead. I'm fine. I just got shot a little. (laughs) And he's not listening. He's like, I got a a hot date. I got to get out of here. I get to prom. And guy's like, no, don't leave the cemetery. Or else the guy just doesn't listen. He leaves. What happens if he leaves the cemetery? We don't know. He he doesn't stick around to find out. While the gravedigger is trying to explain that to Johnny, he's just brushing him off. He's like, I'm not dead. It's fine. And he just goes. This isn't going to end well. Yeah. So the guy's like, you'll find out. So he goes home and his parents are like, oh. Uh, welcome back, son. <laughs> and Johnny's like, yep, good to be back. I'm going to go upstairs and go to bed. I'm tired. <laughs> so he goes upstairs and he's undressing for bed and he sees the bullet hole still in his chest. And he's like, I guess I really am dead. So I have a question. Yes, please. Does he look like his normal self or no. does he look like a zombie? He has, he doesn't look rotting, but he has like that pale makeup, like that corpse makeup going. Mm-hmm. And he was embalmed, apparently. His parents mentioned how like, <laughs> the coroner said you were dead, so the doctor and the embalmer. So, but what do we know? I guess you're here. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, they're fine. So the next morning he goes to school and the teacher's doing the roll call and she gets to Johnny Dingo. She's like, oh, oh, right. And then he walks in like, yeah, I'm here. Sorry, I'm late. And she's like, well, you're still getting a demerit for being late. Because I don't care if you're dead or not, you don't get to be late. I love how chill everybody is about this. Yeah. Everyone in the class is like a little shocked, but they're mostly okay with it. <laughs> like they just roll with it. Like, all right, I guess he's a zombie now. And so later in the cafeteria, he's eating the cafeteria food with his friend Eddie, and he realizes the food just doesn't taste good. He I was can't eat ask, it. Ask like, does he need food? <laughs> well, he feels like it tastes terrible, and then he sees Eddie reaching across to like take his tater tot. Like, if he's not going to eat them, Eddie's going to eat them. And he gets like 
a hungry look in his eye. And he leans over to try to take a bite out of Eddie's arm. And it causes this big scene. He's like, no, you tried to bite me. Get, a, get back. Get away from me. <laughs> so the cravings have started, Danielle. Uh-oh. Yeah. Trouble in River City. So then he goes up to Missy later. He's like, hey, so prom, when should I pick you up? And she's like, um, about that. <laughs> I know you came back from the dead and everything, but I'm not going to prom with you. Prom is off. Like, I mostly just said that because you were dying and I didn't think you were going to live. <laughs> because, duh, and you kind of like sprung that on me while you had just taken a bullet for me. So that's a lot of pressure. And I'm kind of on her side there. It's like a public proposal. Yeah. Then he makes this weird thing about like prejudice. Like, are you ashamed to be seen with someone who was dead? Is that your problem? <laughs> and this movie will frequently, I think, make references to people being prejudiced against Johnny. And I'm like, uh, guys, the white zombie actor claiming that his racism is applying to him doesn't really work. It's not a great look, guys. It was 93. Yeah. So that doesn't work at all. Like They make that as kind of a joke about racism being applied to zombies. And I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's not the best taste. Zombieism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they could do better. So then Buck comes up and he pulls the controlling boyfriend routine about like, Missy, I don't want you being seen with him. We got a reputation to uphold. And I don't want you hanging out with some dead guy. That's not going to look good for us. And <laughs> so as they're like walking away, she looks back and says, okay, pick me up at eight for a movie. Like they have this little secret movie date now because she's like rebelling against Buck, I guess. Okay. So she doesn't want to go to prom with him, but she's willing to go to a movie with him? Yeah, exactly. And mostly okay. just because Buck came up and told her not to. <laughs> It's a good start to a relationship. I know, right? Everything about this movie is green flags all the way down. <laughs> so they go to a zombie movie because subtlety. And <laughs> I actually forgot that zombies ate flesh. So when you were talking about him eating Eddie, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's an issue. Danielle, zombies 101. Come on. I know. And I just like didn't get there in my head yet. Well, this movie is here to guide you through that by holding your hand through this whole process. Excellent. You know, zombies are like one of my least favorite horror movie things. <laughs> Have you seen like the original stuff or is it just modern zombies? No, I've seen lots of zombie movies. I just don't like the way that they move. They do like this weird... Oh, so they're the uh, ones the that creep you out the most. So they're the most effective movie monsters for you, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So that I don't watch zombie movies because, you know, I like to face my fears, but yeah, they're yeah, sure just, you do. Uh, they're like icky. Danielle, that's the whole shtick. Zombies are <laughs> icky. They're dead people brought back to life. They're not supposed to be friendly, cuddly care bears. I know. I'm not necessarily scared of them. I just don't like their weird contortions because I don't like when bones break in movies. So it's kind of a very similar feeling. Or like in Exorcist where she spider walks down the, the staircase and I'm also, that creeps me out. <laughs> Well, Danielle, that's good to know. Thank you for sharing your fears again. Uh, abnormal body movements weird me out. <laughs> I can't say I disagree. They are intended to be creepy. So I guess I would say that zombies are very good for you, Danielle. They work <laughs> effectively on you. Yeah, sort of. All right. Well, this movie has very little of that. So don't Excellent. worry. You just watch it like a normal person. Sorry, that was tangent. Continue. No, that's fine. No, that's what we're here for. So they're in the movie and Johnny and Missy are flirting, talking about movie candy and things like that. And... Some Is she other... going to kiss a zombie? Sorry. Oh, Danielle, we're going to get to that. <laughs> oh, no. Ew. <laughs> and some other students see them together. Some other, like, football players are in varsity jackets. I assume they're Buck's friend. And they're like, isn't that Buck's girl with the dead kid? <laughs> and then the scene ends. So not really relevant. And that <laughs> never really comes back. And Buck doesn't find out from that? 
And if he does, like he finds out in other ways, it's never like they never talk to him. They never see a scene of him saying, I heard from my friends you're hanging out with the zombie kid. No, that never oh, happens. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, odd scene. Yeah, it's just sort of there as a, either a joke or to highlight the prejudice they have for this dead kid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they're driving home in the car, and they get to Missy's house, and they pull over, and they start making out. Like, Ew. hardcore. And she is super turned on by him being undead. No. It is weird. <laughs> She's like, your skin feels so different than a living person's. That's, no. <laughs> yeah. She is oddly into him being undead. It is unsettling. <laughs> not okay it gets way better so she's nibbling on his ear and he's asking like do you want to go to prom and then his ear comes off and she's like oh uh, uh here's your ear back and then her father comes out she's like oh, gotta go and so she leaves and he's stuck there holding the ear in his hand like some weird metaphor for being you know denied satisfaction can he put the ear back on or he just doesn't have an ear the rest of the movie Danielle, please, we're immediately going to get to that. Okay. <laughs> you are literally- I have real questions about this movie. <laughs> you're, you're one scene ahead of this movie. You just wait one scene, it's going to happen. But well, the questions are coming to me now, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny goes to see the family doctor, and he does a bunch of tests on John. He's like, yep, yeah, you're dead, and you're decaying, because that's what dead things do. And Johnny is like, what? How can I be decaying? I've got to go to prom with Missy. No. And the doctor suggests that he glues the ear back onto his head, which he does. Huh, and it works. What do they use? Super glue? Super glue, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the doctor's like, I can't help you. Dead things decay. But there is someone else who has a similar experience. Her name is Maggie Johnson. And her husband came back from the dead 15 years ago, which is a lot Ooh. of zombies for a small town. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> which seems coincidental. So Johnny goes to see this Maggie Johnson, who is played by Cloris Leachman. Ooh. I know, our second big name person. And there are a few others, but it's fine. <laughs> not as exciting as Philip Seymour Hoffman, I admit, but still. Oh, but we like Cloris Leachman. Yeah, not a bad get. So he goes in and he's talking to Cloris Leachman, Maggie Johnson, and she tells him <laughs> of the like, only- Are you going to call her Cloris Leachman the whole way? Because you made a lot of fun of me in the last episode for picking Danielle, up actor names. I am not, but she's only in this one scene, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> She does okay. not come back. He plays a very little part. She is not a main character in this movie. Can like, you? say, what's his face? Wade. <laughs> Jared Padalecki? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for letting me say his name again. I thought I'd give you that, Danielle. <laughs> I appreciate it. She tells him the only way to prevent himself from decaying is to eat the flesh of the living. The more he eats, the more time he has. A bite, maybe 20 minutes of time. Or if he wants to go for a whole day, maybe a stomach. Or an arm or a leg. So basically he has to murder people in order to stay alive. He has to eat them, Danielle. He has to eat them. Well, that's murder. <laughs> Eventually, as you eat somebody, it will be murder. Yeah, we'll see, Danielle. Can he eat dead people? Danielle, please. Sorry, she <laughs> said he had to eat all he, of this. Oh, you just said that she, she said that he had to eat the living. So I was just curious how literal it was. I think, I think they have to be at least very recently alive. Okay. Like, you know, before the rigor mortis sets in. I'm just figuring out the zombie rules in this world, Sam. The movie does not care too much about the rules, Danielle. <laughs> the rules are mostly irrelevant. Okay. So, continue. Johnny does not accept this. He's like, I don't want to eat people. That's so gross. Like, it's a terrible price to pay, but it's the only way to do this. And so then it cuts to the doctor. He's trying to develop a serum to help Johnny, and it's not going well. <laughs> just 
<laughs> and his like science lab in the yeah, back of exactly. his house. He has this weird science lab. It's very much a mad scientist lab, and he has a a nurse helper in there. And it's the middle of the night, and he's doing these weird experiments with bubbling liquids and beakers and round bottom flasks. The whole thing. So I'm sure this movie does not answer this question, but are zombies <laughs> like a national phenomenon or just specific to this one space? It is not answered, but. I'm guessing they are not uncommon okay, in this world. You would think that scientists would have like put more effort into figuring out how to keep I these think zombies they are very alive. Rare. <laughs> so later that night, Missy shows up in his room in a nightgown. She just is this a dream or did she actually just climb into his room? Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how she got into his room. It's she's like climbing up the trellis, like in okay. um Clarissa explains it all. Okay. <laughs> Solid reference. Thank you. <laughs> so she climbs into his room and they cuddle on his bed. As she starts running her fingers through his hair, she pulls out a chunk of his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Why? And then he sneezes and his nose flies off across the room. <laughs> and she goes and gets it for him and she reattaches it to his face using her chewing gum. No. <laughs> yep. And then she's like, All right, let's call it a night and, and tries to leave. And he, like, grabs her arm, and then she pulls away, and his arm pops off. <laughs> so, yeah, just keep pulling. You'd eventually just get away. Yeah. And then his leg falls off, and then his penis falls off, because, again, <laughs> it's a movie that does that kind of joke. <laughs> and then he wakes up. It was a yes, dream! I'd assume. <laughs> yeah, of course. But now Johnny is determined to find someone to eat, because, obviously, he can't let his dingle fall off. Of course not. So Johnny's like, who can I eat? How can I do this? And he's in the library reading about zombies, trying to figure out, like, is there another way? And he's like, I and this girl sitting next to him, like, can I eat her? Maybe. <laughs> and then Missy shows up and walks up to him and they, they go off to talk in the stacks and she's concerned about his decaying. And she's like, are you going to fall apart? Are you going to decay? Is your leg going to fall off? He's like, yes, that's a possibility. And she is somehow more turned on by this. No. no. It is <laughs> not okay. Why is this movie leading into that? <laughs> and she's like, you're unlike any other boy I've ever met. I mean, yes, that's because true. Because he's decaying. And I'm like, that's not a good thing. Like, I don't know if her fetish is necrophilia or what, but it's way not okay. Can I make a prediction? Please. I, mean, I don't know if it's a prediction, but this is kind of what I want to happen. I sort of want him to eat her towards the end of the movie and for her to become a partner zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, that is a genius prediction. <laughs> I hope it's true. It Please be not. true. Please be true. Oh, it's not. On. I can tell you that now because the movie is not as smart as that. But that would be a much that better that would have been ending. really good. It would have been so good. <laughs> All right. Go so ahead and disappoint me. About to make out in the library when they're caught in the act by Buck and Chuck. <laughs> oh, no. So Chuck has a baseball bat and he starts chasing Johnny, swinging him with the bat, like going to bash his head in for macking on Buck's girl. <laughs> He's, like, really involved in their relationship. <laughs> Chuck is definitely, like, in there somewhere. I don't know how, but he is way in. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman, so he deserves to be in there. Absolutely. And so eventually he breaks the bat after swinging at Johnny a few times and hitting the wall, and then he pulls out a fire axe from the wall. He's like, I'm going to get you, dead boy. And so he raises the axe above his head to stab Johnny, and he buries the axe in his own head and dies. Oh, no! <laughs> so Johnny, she just happened and is like... Welp, I guess I gotta eat him. <laughs> <laughs> so he leans down and starts eating Chuck. And that's when Eddie and Missy catch him in the act. And they're like, Johnny, what are you doing? They're like, look, it's not what it looks like. He was, I didn't do it. I didn't kill him. He was already dead. Like, but you're eating him. 
like, I'm a zombie. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then it cuts to a outside shot where there's like a news crew there going, there's been a murder in the school and there, uh, apparently the dead kid has eaten another student and the sheriff <laughs> is like, there's nothing to see here. The only thing I'm going to say is my only statement, Johnny Dingle is dead. No story. <laughs> and the news is just like, okay, cool. Zombies, not a big deal. <laughs> So Chuck ends up at the doctor's office, the same one that's working on Johnny, in the autopsy room, and Chuck's father comes in and is, like, very upset. He sees his son is dead, obviously mad about that. He's like, I'm going to get that zombie, Johnny, for killing my boy. He should have eaten all of him because that would have, like, the body would no longer exist. (laughs) Could they they prove that he did it if the body's not there? Danielle, that would have taken a long time. Also, it's a lot of body to eat. He still has a stomach, I think. He can only eat so much. Yeah. We don't know zombie specifics, Sam. You could maybe eat them all. Okay. Or freeze them. Could you freeze them and, like, dethaw him and eat him later? I don't know, Danielle, but that'd be great. Frozen meals for zombies. Yeah, well, like, if you froze him right after he died, if you can eat no, him as he's dead. Like a flash frozen yeah. flesh meal. Uh, see, I should be, like, a zombie dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Makes so much money. <laughs> yeah. Where are you going to find the corpses, Danielle, or the living people to donate to zombies? I'm sure, 100% sure you could get people to donate their bodies to zombie science. Okay, Danielle. Well, get that petition going and we'll find out. I'm <laughs> just saying, when the zombie apocalypse happens, I'm going to make some money on it. <laughs> Bold of you to assert it's when. <laughs> It'll definitely happen. I don't, I don't know why you think it's not going to happen, I don't Sam. think it's not, not going to happen. I'm saying it's unlikely to happen. Okay. Anyway. All right. So later- Ignore my money-making idea. It's fine. Just yep. know that you you could have been on the ground floor of this. Yeah, I'm not going to be on the ground floor of an organ trade, Danielle. Thank you. The legal organ <laughs> black market is not what I'm in for. First off, nobody's going to care when there's a zombie apocalypse, but it could be legal. You don't know. Even if it's not illegal, it sounds pretty immoral unless they're agreeing to it, which I don't That's think they're going to find I Yeah, I don't think they're going to find a lot of people to agree to it. I think you're overestimating the number of people who are like, yeah, flash freeze my body and feed it to those people. Like, Yeah, I no. don't think people would mind. People, the people are weird. <laughs> Okay, well... And if they can only eat a little bit at a time, how many meals could you get from one flash-frozen body? So he gets about, I don't know, a day or two, maybe a week at most of a body. No, I just meant that you don't know how many meals you could get from one body. He doesn't I'm eat the whole you, body. A zombie would only survive about a week based on the timeline in this movie. Sure. So one body is like one week's worth of food. Well, that's plenty. Is it? I mean, potentially. Depends on you how many bodies you get. 52 oh my bodies gosh. per zombie per year. <laughs> Daniel, all right. <laughs> this is listeners i don't know if i'm the wrong one here or danielle is but weigh in would you donate your body to zombies like if you were to like yeah as soon as i die flash feed my body and feed it to some random zombies i'm gonna make this a twitter poll everybody so please weigh in <laughs> oh i don't want to see the answer to this poll i also am a little afraid it's anonymous but it's fine <laughs> be be honest <laughs> Ugh. So later, we're back at Johnny's house, and Eddie is there, and they're all, like, talking what's going on. And his parents are totally nonplussed with the murder, and are like, well, you did what you had to do, son. And they take him into the kitchen, like, hey, we kidnapped this child for you to eat. And there's this child sitting on, like, a platter with the lettuce, you know, like, it's ready to be eaten. And he's just sitting there with a lollipop. And Johnny's like, I don't want to eat this kid. Where'd you get this kid? They really did that? Yeah. What? Why? His mom just kidnaps a child. Like, you gotta eat. So I found these people for you at the grocery store. I saw him wandering around and I grabbed him for you. I mean, I appreciate their ingenuity and support of their child, but whoa. Yeah, no, that's gonna be a theme in this movie. The parents are way supportive. <laughs> oh, that's intense. That's when the posse shows up with rifles. They're like, hey, can we uh, speak to Johnny? And like, oh, yes, come in. Johnny, some people are here to see you. 
And so Johnny comes out of his room, and they just shoot him. And he's like, hey, stop that. And they shoot him again. He's completely unaffected because, again, he's a zombie. Are these just like locals in a posse? It, well, it's it's Big Chuck. So it's Chuck's father. Uh-huh. You know, they got a posse together to kill the zombie kid as revenge for him killing his son. Which he didn't kill. Which he didn't kill, but they don't know that. Right. So then the little kid comes out of the closet that Johnny had hit him in. And it's, <laughs> this, it's the other son of Big Chuck. It's Chuck's little brother. <laughs> and the father's like, are you trying to take my other son too? <laughs> and we're going to burn you for this. And that's when the mom comes out with a shotgun and scares them all off. That's fair. Yeah. So she's like, get out of my house and cocks his shotgun. And they all go, but they vow revenge. They all have guns too. Why isn't it just a standoff? Danielle, I don't know, but they are eager to leave, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, points to the mom. I mean, not for kidnapping a child, but for supporting her son otherwise. <laughs> if all parents were this supportive, I guess. <laughs> So now Johnny is totally focused on prom and to complete his life's mission. And again, his obsession with Missy is by far the creepiest part of this whole movie. Like, the zombie stuff is fine, but his stalkerish obsession with her is not okay. That's a pretty classic 80s, 90s movie trope. It doesn't make it okay, Danielle. It does not. I'm just saying that it's pretty standard for that age. So Johnny meets up with Missy and he professes his love, and no one around him is okay with him dating a living girl. Like, they all sort of like look at them while they're walking down the street and give them like bad looks, and it's clearly supposed to be the whole prejudice thing. Who's he supposed to date, though? <laughs> it's like, there's no other dead zo- like zombie girls. Nobody, Danielle. He's supposed to be shunned. That was all what the gravedigger cemetery manager guy said. Right. And he's like... I died for you. I came back from the dead for you. I ate a guy for you. And she's like, no. oh, that's so sweet. That's very guilt-inducing and not very healthy. No, but she is taking in. But she's like, yeah, you know what? You did all that for me. That makes you such a great guy for how much you did for me. And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> also, I'm totally fine making out with you, even though I saw you eating somebody. And also that I have a boyfriend, so... <laughs> And so he gives her the birthday present he didn't give her in first grade. He's held on to this whole time. It's a silver locket with their childhood pictures in it. Oh, that's cute. And she is on board and now going to the prom with Johnny. And she is completely in love with Johnny the zombie. Uh, Sure, why not? Right. So the posse shows up to them and confronts them in the middle of the street as they're starting to get ready to go. And they start, like, shaming her. They call her, like, a zombie slut, which is not okay. Ew. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is bad. And they're like, well, it's not her fault. It's that zombie boy for tricking her. And, like, let's kill him. And none of this has any good gender politics to it at all. (laughs) No, it does not. It's all bad. That's when the sheriff shows up, who is Missy's dad, and, like, says, I'll take it from here and takes both the kids and takes them back to Johnny's parents' house and they says, can I come in to talk? And they have dinner now with Missy's dad and they're all just talking about the whole situation with Johnny. So he is very cool with this, apparently, or at least not particularly worked up by the whole zombie thing. I guess it's okay as long as the zombie doesn't kill people. (laughs) Well, at this point, while they're having dinner, Johnny's mom directs him to a corpse she has stashed in the fridge, which she apparently got from the morgue. I'm like, where? Where did she get the corpse from, Sam? (laughs) The morgue. She says the morgue. They're practically giving them away, was her words. (laughs) Like, why don't you just go up to the door? Excuse me, do you have a fresh corpse I could have? I I would have loved to have seen this scene. Like, that scene would have been amazing. See, she is proving my point that I don't think it would be that hard to find bodies. (laughs) She literally stole a body, Danielle. This is not the same thing as people volunteering. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like she stole a body from the morgue. 
She did. That's exactly what she did. And Johnny is not okay with that. Anyway, they're talking to the sheriff and the sheriff's like, Johnny, I'm going to do you a favor. I'll keep the townspeople off your back. I'll make sure they don't hurt you, but you got to leave town tonight and just never come back. Just get out of town and I'll keep them from hurting you. And Johnny's like, fine, but only if I can take Missy to prom first. And the dad's like, no, you stay away from her. But he was just on board. He was not on board with him dating her. He was on board with not killing Johnny. Yeah. Well, that's good, I guess. 50-50. Yeah. And so they get into a fight and the sheriff just decks Johnny and knocks him into another fantasy sequence. <laughs> As one does. Where he's at a restaurant and he can't eat any of the food and Eddie shows up and says, hey, I got a buffet for you. And he takes him out back behind the restaurant where they've tied up Big Chuck, the dad. And he's like, here you go. Eat this big guy. And Johnny's like, I'm not going to eat him. And the guy's like, what's wrong? Don't think you can handle me? Don't think you can eat me? I bet you couldn't eat me if you tried. And he's like mocking him. <laughs> and so Johnny's like, well, you asked for it. And starts eating him. He's like, oh, you eat my foot? A foot's nothing. Try eating a calf. That's where all the muscle is. <laughs> and so this goes on as Johnny just eats him. And eventually, Johnny has this big distended stomach. And it's just a head on a skeleton still mocking him for not finishing the job. <laughs> which is pretty great. <laughs> and it's a little gross because he's got blood all over him. Anyway, fun scene. <laughs> Sounds like. And then the person turns into Missy, who is there asking Johnny to eat her. But like, it's very sexual, <laughs> yeah, clearly. Of course it is. <laughs> and not okay. But then he wakes up and none of that matters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Why is this movie leaning so hard into like the sexual appetites of zombies versus humans? I don't know, Danielle, but it is the most unsettling part. <laughs> Next to Johnny's obsession. The real horror. All right, so it's prom night. Missy is not going to prom. She's doodling in her notebook a picture of her and Johnny getting married. <laughs> That's going to end well. And her parents say, Missy, you should get ready. Buck's going to be here soon to pick you up. We want you to go to prom with Buck. She's like, I don't want to go. I want to go with Johnny and no one else. And they sort of leave in a huff. And then Johnny shows up and sneaks into her room up the trellis. <laughs> and they make out a little bit. And he loses control and almost bites her shoulder. Well, he bites her shoulder a little bit, but not like hard. Uh-oh. And she's like, that's fine, Johnny. It's fine. It happened. And Johnny's like, no, it's not okay. I can't go to prom. I have to go. And he leaves. Does she turn into a zombie if she gets bitten? I don't think so. Okay, it's not that kind of zombie movie. I don't think it is. It's not like a virus or anything. Okay, I have another prediction. <laughs> okay, Daniel, what's your prediction? <laughs> My other thought is this movie could also end with maybe at the beginning when he had to leave the cemetery and they didn't get to tell him like why he couldn't leave the cemetery. Maybe mm-hmm. if he's in the cemetery, he doesn't rot. And then she could buy a house on the cemetery <laughs> and she could live there and they could just live together in the cemetery. <laughs> I promise you will never guess the ending of this movie. Okay. I think those are both very solid those guesses, Those are really though. good ideas, Danielle. They're very good ideas. But this movie goes somewhere else entirely, and it is bonkers. Okay. Though, please, keep guessing, because I'm enjoying it. Okay. If I have another one, I'll let you know. Please. So Missy is, like, totally cool with him biting her, but he is freaked out by because he doesn't want to hurt Missy. So, like, I got to get away from her for her own safety. It's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Classic vampirism. Yes, exactly. So then it cuts to the doctor who's still working on that serum and he has found <laughs> out that he can make a serum from Johnny's flesh that will make people younger. Like it reverses the aging process. He's How very does excited. How he know that? Well, he has a chicken. He injects a chicken with it and the chicken becomes younger. Did he like take samples off of Johnny Oh, yeah, yeah. Johnny gave him some of his flesh to help oh, okay. solve his problem. So he makes a chicken into a baby chicken? Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. And the doctor is very excited. Like, I can help Johnny. And the nurse is like, you know, if you took a lot of Johnny's flesh, you can make a lot of serum and sell it as a cosmetic. (gasps) Is he going to, like, try and kill Johnny? Danielle, yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 
And <laughs> at first she's like, I have to help this poor boy. I would never betray someone. She's like, but we can make a lot of money. <laughs> Terrible doctor. And he's like, okay. He comes on board immediately. Hippocratic <laughs> oath be darned. <laughs> Rough. So Eddie shows up as Johnny is leaving Missy's house. And he's like, Johnny, I have a solution to all of your problems. He's like, what? Tell me, Eddie. He's like, here's what you have to do. You know how you want to take Missy to prom? Just eat Buck. Eat him. <laughs> then she'll need a date and you'll be full. What happened to Eddie being all like, oh, it's I a know. terrible Eddie. Eddie has this massive heel turn. And I'm like, what? I know Buck's a jerk, but you're just telling your friend to eat him and murder him so he can take a girl to prom? <laughs> Eddie, I thought better of you. <laughs> oh. What a turnaround. So Eddie is really pushing it, and this time Johnny chickens out, and Buck drives off with Missy to go to prom. Moments later, the doctor drives up to pick up Johnny. How did the doctor know he was there at Missy's house? No idea. He just <laughs> does. He just shows up and says, hey, I'm here to save your life. And Johnny's like, okay. Gets in the car. He's like, go tell Missy. I'll be there in a minute. Eddie runs off to go find Missy. And he finds Missy and Buck as they're about to enter prom. How to catch up to them if they were in a car and he was running? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? How did everyone know that Johnny was at Missy's house? Still don't know, but it just works out. So Eddie runs to go get Missy, and they argue a little bit on the steps, and Buck's like, are you telling me you wanted to go to prom with that dead guy? She's like, yes, I would have gone with him if he had let me, but he didn't want to go with me. He's like, you were dumped by a dead kid? Why haven't they broken up yet? Well, at this point, Eddie punches out Buck, and they run (laughs) off to go find Johnny. So, did not see that coming. (laughs) He deserved it. They go to meet Johnny at the doctor's office, but first we see the doctor strapped Johnny down to a table. He's like, all right. I can cure you. Let me just give you this injection. It's going to hurt. And I need about uh, 40 pounds of flesh to save you. <laughs> and Johnny's like, how is that going to save me? And he's like, oh, okay, it's not. But it's going to make me a lot of money. So <laughs> I need that anyway. <laughs> and at this point, as he's about to like cut into Johnny, the evil mob shows up out of his house. And it's like, give us the zombie kid. We want to burn him. They have like torches and guns. It's the whole, you know, classic angry mob scenario. Kill the beast. Yeah, pretty much. And I was like, okay, gotta go quick. And he starts about to cut Johnny open again when they start battering down his door with a literal battering ram. How did they know he was at the doctor's office? Danielle, how did anybody know anything in this movie? Okay, just, <laughs> <laughs> just wondering if I'd missed something. You did not. They just know, all right? News travels fast in this little town, apparently. apparently. So they're using the batting ram. The doctor runs off, and that's when Eddie and Missy show up in the room. How do they get into the building without anyone seeing? I don't know. They just <laughs> appear in the room, and they release Johnny, and they hide him by pushing him out a window so he can climb to freedom. As the angry mob breaks in, is looking for Johnny in the building, and then they see him running off down the street. And so they leave, and they chase Johnny through the town. And Johnny runs back to the cemetery where the gravedigger is like, I told you so. You should have listened to me. He told him that he shouldn't leave, but he yeah, didn't yeah. give him any details. Again, his credit. He tried to tell Johnny what was going to happen. Johnny just wouldn't listen. He didn't even think he was dead at that point. Right. So Johnny's running through the cemetery and he eventually collapses back on his own grave. And he sees the rose Missy left for him on the ground. And it's stepped on by Big Chuck. And it's like, we got you now. That's when the parents show up and they pull out guns and everyone's pulling out guns. And here you have your Mexican standoff. Everyone pointing guns at each other over Johnny's body. How did they know he went to the cemetery? They were following him through the town after they saw him running out of the doctor's office. (laughs) I'm just wondering if it was another thing where they just showed up. Oh, the parents. Yeah, the parents just showed up. How did they know? I had no idea. They just show up. 
<laughs> it was like early MySpace. <laughs> Very much. They just showed up, no idea how they got there. And so they're all pointing guns at each other. Missy throws herself in front of Johnny. He's like, no, I love Johnny. Please don't. He died for me. He came back from the dead for me. He ate somebody for me. And the gravedigger <laughs> is talking to Missy's father and is like, do you think you would have died for her? And he's like, yes. Would you have come back from the dead for her? And his father's like, uh, me, uh, would you have eaten somebody for your daughter? He's like, I guess he really does love her. <laughs> and suddenly he's like, all right, if she wants to date the zombie kid, it's okay with me. <laughs> God, you got turned around there. Yeah. So the crowd actually puts it to a vote and they vote <laughs> not to kill Johnny. That was very democratic. Well, it's like Big Chuck's like, no, I still want to kill. So let's put it to a vote. Who's in favor? And nobody raises their hand. They're like, well, fine. Uh, I hope you all get eaten. And then storms off. They're voting for true love, Sam. Yeah, see, that's what they're voting for. <laughs> so he gets a police escort to the prom for the sheriff, and they start to dance while Buck dances with the old teacher as punishment for something. Like, his character is kind of a jerk, but I don't know. It seems like they just use Buck as a punching bag. So they made it to prom. They're dancing. But oh no, Johnny collapses in the middle of the dance and dies again from lack of eating people. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Missy is crying over his re-dead corpse and puts the locket he gave her around his neck as a final goodbye. Oh, Did she ever find out why he couldn't leave the cemetery? I mean, I think it's because he would start decaying and have the craving for human flesh. I think you're right about that. Oh, okay. We, we don't get a real answer to that, no. <laughs> Why was it even a point in the beginning then? Um, so that the gravedigger could exposit all the rules for zombies. To <laughs> you the could have just exposited it and then not said, "Oh, by the way, you can't leave the." I think the he graveyard. wanted Johnny to make a choice to be like to put himself at risk mm -hmm. for love. Like he was making the choice to go out there and do the wrong thing for love, like to do the dangerous thing for love. Right. So movie's not over yet. I figured because you said that the that uh, we got to find out why he was a zombie. So Johnny wakes up in the afterlife. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> which is a giant courtroom, and there's a judge, you know, passing judge, like Johnny, you're four days late. You should have been here four days ago. And he's like berating him for being late and climbing out of the grave and walking around like you should have been here. And I was like, hey, I didn't ask for this. And just like, okay, I'm sorry. Look. We screwed up. You weren't supposed to die in that convenience store. The robber was supposed to knock over a coffee pot with his elbow and slip on the coffee, and he wasn't supposed to shoot you. So we kind of screwed that up. Sorry, that's on us. So first off, this brings up a lot of questions about free will. Yes, it That does. Johnny does not care about. <laughs> he is completely glosses over that whole idea that, wait, there's a plan and every moment of our lives is prescripted. <laughs> and just like, hey, then why am I dead if I was supposed to be? And that's, again, that's legitimate to be angry about that, but also... This just changes your perspective on the universe <laughs> and humanity entirely, and he is unconcerned. But maybe not when you're like 17 or 18. <laughs> That's like something that hits you a few years later if you, you know, get reanimated or something. You're kind of like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So the judge explains that when they screw up, they give someone a second chance on life to prove their worth. Hence, the occasional zombie. <laughs> <laughs> a second chance on life would be like not being a zombie. <laughs> yeah. So they say, and what they do determines where we send them in the afterlife. You know, it implies heaven or hell. But basically saying how they live their life, if they do the right thing, it determines what we do next with them. So zombies are basically the universe or God or whoever it is screwing up their plan and trying to give people a chance to 
should I fix my screw up or not? Basically. Well, but it wasn't his screw up. Like, why, why, why wouldn't they take it to like, okay, you've lived 18 decent years. You get to go here, here or whatever. No, this is like, we screwed up, but instead of just fixing our, our screw up, we're going to send you back there to put you through a test and that test will determine how we fix our screw up. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> That's unfair. I mean, we knew the life is unfair, but this is really unfair. It was like if that movie Judging Your Life was somehow a lot dumber. <laughs> so it doesn't make any sense. And John's like, well, where are you going to send me? And the judge just says, all right, off you go. And, you know, bangs his gavel. And then Johnny wakes up. He's back at the convenience store. And it's the day of the robbery? Day of the robbery, yes. The robber walks in. This time, Johnny still gets shot. He doesn't knock over the coffee pot until after Johnny gets shot, so it didn't really change the outcome. (laughs) And Johnny's like, oh, now he knocks over the coffee pot. So clearly he remembers all of this. So he knows that there is an afterlife, and he knows there's a plan, and that free will is an illusion, but still does not seem to care. But he doesn't die this time. This time, he doesn't die because the locket... He has blocks the bullet. Sure the locket does. that Missy regifted him because lockets can stop bullets. <laughs> yeah, the one that he bought when he was six years old for, I'm sure, twenty dollars. <laughs> he saved up for a whole year to buy that locket, Daniel. Yeah, he yeah says. but you're six. Like, it's I mean, silver. that's like it's, you're getting like ten cents for chores. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. It's definitely silver, but silver does not stop bullets. It's not a strong metal. <laughs> no. So apparently, that's enough. But while he's dying, Johnny explains that he's, he's been desperately in love with Missy. Oh, well, he thinks he's dying again okay. before <laughs> like, they realize wait, the bullet. <laughs> Yeah. So while he thinks he's dying, he's explained to Missy he's been desperately in love with her since first grade. And fortunately, Missy finds a bolt was stopped by the locket and sees the picture of them in the locket. And that sort of turns her around on him. And she's like, yeah, okay. I'm in love with you now. And that's all it takes. <laughs> Good. It's like, you try I- to take a bullet for me. I'm very touched. <laughs> I mean, you would be touched. I don't know if you'd like you turn completely on your perception of somebody. <laughs> No, it's crazy. And so she's very touched, and they go to prom, and everyone forms a semicircle on the dance floor while they dance at prom. The end. Aww, true love wins again. I mean, oh, that's true love, so much as a weird, creepy obligation he places on her. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. I watched this movie, I don't know, when I was in in middle school, probably, shot at a friend's house, back on VHS cassette, and- (laughs) You're old. You may not re- you may not remember this, Danielle, because you may be too young to remember VHS tapes. But they used to have previews <laughs> yeah. on the tapes, and the thing I remember most about this movie was the scene where the guy's being eaten and the skeleton that had remained. But also, I remember one of the previews on the movie was for another movie that was named after a pop song. Uh huh. Try to guess what this movie is. Ninety three. Uh. You're uh, not gonna guess. I'm I gonna tell know. you. CZQ. No, it is the one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people-eater movie. Yeah, I remember that movie. <laughs> you do? Because I thought it was a fever dream at first <laughs> really? until I remember this movie. Then I looked up on YouTube like, that exists? Yeah, yeah it totally exists. <laughs> Why does it exist is the real question. But how do you remember it, Danielle? How have you seen that movie? <laughs> I don't know. I've seen a lot of uh, late 80s, early 90s movies. <laughs> wow. Here I thought I was going to drop like this information bomb on you, but you blew my mind. <laughs> Turned it around. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that and I do vaguely remember it. That might be a worthwhile addition to our list of possible contenders for this podcast. Yeah, that actually might be. Good good call, Sam. <laughs> so 
I was trying to think about, are there any other movies that are named after songs that are unlike anything the song actually has to deal with? But again, the song had nothing to do with this movie. They just piggybacked on the name recognition. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are other ones that are based on song titles that may not have anything to do with this song itself. That's actually probably yeah. a really good question for our listeners. Hive yeah. mind. If you have any movies you saw that are based on a song or have a song title for their title, but are unrelated to the song or completely crazy, definitely let us know. Yeah, we would love to hear that. But that is My Boyfriend's Back, Danielle. I'm I impressed. hope you enjoyed it. It did. It's our first comedy. It's also our first romantic comedy. Zombity. Romantic zombity. Okay, romantic zombity. <laughs> All right. Well, it's a romantic well done, zombity. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that ending, Danielle. You got a lot of guesses for how this is going to end. Did you see that coming? No. I was like, wait, he's in the afterlife? <laughs> yeah. God is real and makes mistakes, apparently, in this universe. <laughs> and then makes you correct them. <laughs> I know. It's so messed up. This movie is messed up on all kinds of levels. Theologically, it's messed up. Romantically, it's messed up. Gender politics are messed up. Racial politics are messed up. This movie is all kinds of messed up. Zombie politics are messed up. Okay, yes. Well, that, you knew that. <laughs> oh, that was oh, wild. Man, I don't know if that's really spooky. I would give that zero spooks because <laughs> it is not spooky, but I enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it, I don't know, five severed thumbs up. <laughs> That because, good. you know, I didn't hate my hour and a half with it. It had some good lines because it was fun. But I wouldn't like say, hey, go out and watch My Boyfriend's Back. You're missing off if you don't see it. It's good, but it's not spectacular. If you want to like get into the spooky mood, but not actually be spooked and want to watch a pretty goofy film. And see Philip Seymour Hoffman. A super young. Oh, yeah. Totally worth it for that alone. Absolutely. Well, you sold me. I may have to watch that. Please do if you can find it. <laughs> just ask you <laughs> sure absolutely i'll share it with you thanks i appreciate it i, I don't have a vhs copy anymore but yes i know can, what a I'm, bummer could watch the preview for purple I mean, you can find eater. that on youtube you can find that <laughs> a trailer on youtube it is nutso but yeah so listeners again if you have a take on zombie relationships is it gross is it icky would you donate your body to zombie feeding would <laughs> you make you... it sound so it's like zombie dietitian, Sam. It's, it's doting no, 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 no. the zombie science. <laughs> you're not, how is this science? In the they're just eating it. You're not like you're doing research. But you're, you're not you're publishing seeing, it in a journal. It's going to go towards to see if you can like flash, uh, freeze a body to feed zombies. I mean, it could be like zombie population control if they don't have to kill humans. It could be revolutionary. Okay, Danielle, revolutionary. <laughs> I'm sure. All right. Make your pitch. That is my pitch, everybody, and feel free to vote in our Twitter poll if that you're will be released. By Danielle's pitch, donate your body. I know if you're already an organ donor, maybe this isn't what quite what you meant, but maybe you would do it. But anyway. you might want to be a cooler organ donor than just a regular organ donor. Yeah, why save a life when you can be a meal? <laughs> well, it's saving it's saving a dead life, an undead life. Okay. Cannibals exist in y'all. I don't think people are donating their body to that, so I'm gonna put that out there. They're a little bit different. I think it's that shades fair, of gray. Fair. Okay. <laughs> anyway, please get in touch. If you have questions, comments, you can find us at bookretorts.com. Or you can tweet us, Instagram us, or Facebook us at bookretorts. So, hope you enjoyed this spook retorts comedy spectacular. Spook retorts. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, bye. Take care, everybody.
Hello and welcome to Spookly Torts. I am your host, Count Samula. Sorry. It was good. It was funny. I worked so hard on that, Danielle. I know. I'm sorry. It came out. <laughs> well, who are you then? I forgot that we were... I don't know. Are we the same people as before? Why would we change? I don't know. <laughs> Take two. Hello and welcome to Spook Retorts. I am your host, Count Samula. And I'm your I'm sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> I I oh okay. Okay. <laughs> Alright, I'm serious this time, I'll do it. Third uh, time's a charm. We're gonna see about that. <laughs> oh gosh, okay. Well, I forgot that we were doing it, so it wasn't expected when it happened. Uh, I literally mentioned it <laughs> I know. 10 seconds ago during our, our opening talking, <laughs> setting up everything. I agree. Okay. All right. One more time.